and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And as was promised, and as was pointed out to us that it was promised, we have a long-awaited football podcast. Just like a quick update, preview of signing day. Very exciting, because everybody knows I love football. I hate to say the most because I do love basketball, but there's just something about football. It's the best. Jason, what are your thoughts? About football? Just like, let's talk philosophy. Let's oh my just, God. What let's just... talk about life. What? How much we love football. I like football. <laughs> I like sports. <laughs> Jason's um, a little beat up. We went and played tennis with Aurora because she's going to start playing tennis. And he's a little rusty. And, you know. I like football. Yeah. You like football. That's the whole podcast. It's just like Jason saying, I like football. I'm in a basketball mentality for the next two months. Once it hits February, yeah, there's signing day. But this is March Madness time. And then spring football will start. And I'll kind of start to shift. Hopefully Brent Brennan respects us a little more than Jed did. Uh, I'm saying that jokingly. But Jed used to start spring football. When no one was in town because we were all at March Madness, so it's kind of a dick move. I'm kind of curious when uh, when Brent Brennan starts spring football, but we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, let's start at the very beginning. You know that from the Sound of Music? Nope, never saw very it. Very good place to start. Is that the one where they're dancing in the rain? Nope, that's the completely wrong musical. You only have seen that because Jedfish was using that. Is that the one where that dude's fiddling on the roof? Nope, but you have seen that, I'm sure. You have not wow. seen The Sound of Music. What are you trying to say, Shelby? I, I've, I've heard your mother singing Fiddler on the Roof, Jason. Who are you to assume religion? <laughs> um, I've heard your mother singing Fiddler on the Roof, so I'm pretty sure you've seen it. No, The Sound of Music is Julie Andrews, like in the mountains with the Nazis. Yeah, and that dude that used to... Uh... Why did you just turn into a New Yorker the dude, right there? Uh, what was the dude that was in that? Uh, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. And he absolutely hated being in that movie and yeah. being associated with that movie. Okay, well, now that you're all tuned out. Um, anyway. Let's talk about beer. Let's start at the woman. very beginning. Beer and woman. And White Claws. And testosterone. <laughs> let's talk about how many shots of testosterone. Football. Well, okay, okay. <clears throat> let's start with the coaching staff. Uh, what are your... Let's talk about trend injections. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a serious podcast. Give me Jason. a trend ejection right now. People pay good money to listen to us banter. That's why my voice is so deep. And uh, the always good thing is, even though you don't feel great, you can always count on you like just going to straight goofy. Trend. <laughs> Thick <Right>. cake. <laughs> um, what are your impressions of this coaching staff that Brennan? Is assembling and or has already assembled. Well, let's skip over Brennan because I already gave my opinion. I'm, we're just going to go coach by coach. That's how I roll. I'm going to give a little quick quick hitters, Shelby. Okay. Uh, Alonzo Carter, assistant head coach running back. I've heard great things about him. Uh, I like his approach from what I understand talking to people around the building. He is very no business. Um, if you come to him and you say, look, I want to play to Arizona and Zoe says, what does it take? And the kid says 200 grand instead of the other football stuff. Zoe says, good luck. Uh, have a nice career somewhere else. You better be football and the NIL stuff 
will come secondly and all that. I like that. Also, the kids don't get screwed over if you happen to uh, promise them too much money and then have to come back in and all that. He's putting together a nice running back room. Hint, hint. We'll have some more hints on Wednesday. Or not hints on Wednesday. You'll get the The more, full scoop. Right, on Wednesday. Which is signing day. Which is signing day, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, I like his overall approach. Everyone that uh, has ever met him likes him, pretty much. Dwayne Aquina, we've talked about before. Uh, Josh Oglesby, my guy Josh. Uh, the reason I say my guy is I remember. So my sister went to Wisconsin. If you don't know, now you know. Shelby knows. If you don't know, now you know. So I, I watched uh, Wisconsin football. I remember him on the offensive line uh, on Wisconsin in 2011. All Big Ten um, was the Rose Bowl. You know, he, he was a beast. And it's funny, there's a picture. Uh, I'll retweet it later, but... Kurt Bush was on campus, and he got to meet Brennan and Oglesby, and uh, this guy's a monster. I mean, nice. just like he is, Oglesby is, is humongous, but, um, you know, the thing about him talking, like I, I talked to a recruit on Wildcat Authority, if you go, you get to read the article, a borderline four-star offensive lineman, his first offer was from San Jose State and Coach O, and he said that he loves he calls everyone calls him Coach O. He loves Coach O. The relationship is it's different. The approach is different. Where basically they say, "Look, we're not going to be the other schools where your position coaches just kind of coach you and move on. We want you to have a close relationship with your position coaches." And at San Jose State, um, those linemen loved him. I've talked to multiple offensive linemen. Mike and I on the show um, talked to uh, Leif Magnuson's dad. The PHNX. Right. Podcast Talked to Lake Madison's dad, who said that they already had great impressions of him so far. Oh, I love um, him. I think that there's a very large reason why the offensive line stay together, and I know Noah Fafita had a big part of that. But if Coach O isn't a good coach, and if is if he's an asshole, these kids are still probably going to leave. Uh, Matt Adkins, the tight end coach and pass game coordinator, I have no idea about. Um, you know his, and, and it's not a, a knock on him at all. His career started at San Jose State. He was a graduate assistant, worked with the tight ends until 2019 um, as a GA, then promoted to a full-time assistant. So he's only been at San Jose State. Now, I will say he has had major success with tight ends at San Jose State. Um, Derek Deese in 2020 uh, was a semifinalist for the John Mackey Award, got an NFL contract, uh, Josh Oliver, San Jose State, was a third-round selection of the Jaguars, um, you know, in the NFL. So, like, he comes from a coaching family. His father, Doug, was the coach of Humboldt State. His grandfather is the winningest head coach in Central Washington University history and Washington State Football Coaches Hall of Fame. Football's in his blood. Uh, I just don't know a lot about him, right? So I don't want to. Uh, Joe Simolo. Um, you know, he, he coached ASU, Polynesian, important, the Polynesian connection. Um, you know, it's funny, if you look at the names of guys he's recruiting, they're all Polynesian. <laughs> like, that's going to be uh, the heavy tie. I've heard he's a super nice guy. Uh, Danny Gonzalez was the the coup. Was that, does that make sense? The coup? The big? The coup. Yeah. Uh, to C-O-U-P. Get the, to, to get a guy of his stature, experience, and success as your linebacker special teams coach and not just as your coordinator is a very big deal. He is a very good coach. We're going to have an article on Wildcat Authority. 
I talked to a four-star linebacker from New Mexico. Um, loves that whole family. His his wife is great also, supposedly. Um, I say supposedly because I haven't met him, but ASU fans liked him quite a bit when he was at ASU. Probably had to delete some tweets. Um, but, you know, he's a guy. I almost wonder if, and I don't know this for a fact, and Dwayne Aquino is still, he's old, but he's young. You know what I mean? Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was a conversation um, like, hey, Dwayne Aquino is going to do this for two or three more years, and then you're going to step in and be defensive coordinator. Uh, that is something that I, I could completely see happening because um, he's such a, uh, a big deal. Bobby Wade, wide receivers coach. We know about him. We know what he can do. Um, you know, he's going to be a full-time coach for the first time, but is very connected in the Phoenix area. Knows a lot of kids in the Phoenix area. Chip Viney, uh, good impression of him. One of these rising star type of dudes. Was at Oklahoma, did personnel stuff, San Jose State, full-time assistant now. Um, I, I think he's a, a superstar in the making. Brett Arce, really good dude. Um, another one, I, I think I actually talked about him previously. It was just a matter of time. I mean, USC loves him. Look, look at a lot of times when a coach gets promoted, Shelby, um, you can look at who's giving him shout-outs. Okay. And when you look at him, um, some of the names, like the high school coaches in Southern California, dudes on other teams that shouted him out, mm. and he retweeted some of them. Very connected, very big deal. Uh, he's going to do very well as the Stars coach. Uh, and then, you know, they started naming personnel. Fletcher Kelly was the player personnel guy at San Jose State. I don't know a lot about him. The guy I, I do know uh, a lot about that is a, uh, a very big deal, from what I understand, in the business is uh, Geiska Crowley. Mm. Now, this is a guy that he's the GM, because now you get a GM in college football with everything that's going on. He brought a lot of guys to UNLV. A lot of those guys on the roster that Barry Odom had were guys that he brought. Um, he has a very deep, extensive background in scouting with Catapult and stuff like that. Um, you know, it is Tom Loy tweeted in 24-7. Football Scoop said the same thing. It is a very highly regarded higher this is his first major program that he's helping run um but i haven't heard one negative thing and a lot of people say he is a complete stud at this position so Ooh. overall like you know i i like the coaching staff i think it's a big deal um dina babers as oc that's still in the hole that's gonna i don't know when it's gonna happen damn it but it's gonna <laughs> happen he's in the building i don't know when but figuring everything gets finalized and announced you know have brett brennan dino babers danny gonzalez you have three Head coaches. That's crazy. You have Dwayne Aquina, who's been coaching for approximately 87 years. And then you've got young guys that are going to learn from those older guys. They're like, hungry. Like Viney and Arce and guys like that. So I, I actually like the overall approach to the coaching staff. Okay. Well, that's funny because the second question is about approach. What type of approach has Brent Brennan had since being hired? So I know that. People are frustrated, which is one of the reasons why I, uh, I had this question. So the first directive, or objective, not directive. The first objective was for Brent Brennan to keep this staff together, or this, this team together, right? That was... Keeping those objective kids from last year here. Objective one, two, three, four, and five. The recruiting will come later. It won't matter if I don't keep these team together. Then it was finding a coaching staff, right? Um, it's probably not easy to convince a guy like Danny Gonzalez. 
it's probably not easy to convince a guy like Dino Babers. Like these are guys that are getting paid to sit at home. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. They are, like, because they're fired head coaches, which I still am convinced is the greatest job in American history is a fired head coach because you make millions and millions of dollars to do nothing. Um, now, that was the second objective. And now you're kind of recruiting an alms. I think what people are iffy about was Jed Fish was all over social media. Like, Jed Fish took a crap and he tweeted about it, right? Like, it, it was all the videos. And Arizona still done videos, mostly workout little one-minute hitters. Um, but that's another thing also, like a lot of the media guys went to Washington, like there's like, they're still filling that out too. But I I don't think he's going to be a guy that tweets out every every little thing that he does now. So I was thinking like, what other coach is like that? Like, there's gotta be like, I doubt, you know, a lot of big 10 coaches tweet. So I looked at Kyle Whittingham because that who comes to mind, very business-like, whatever. Kyle Whittingham's last tweet was November 28th. Okay. His last tweet before that was October 21st. His last tweet before that was September 25th. You, you, you get what I'm saying? I, and, and then August 29th. He has one tweet a month. Right. And he's not using X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, as a vehicle to appease the fan base. Like he's, he's keeping his cards and, close to his chest. And I totally understand Arizona fans being frustrated by that. Like I totally get it. And for all we know, the assistant coaches will tweet when there's a commitment. I can tell you there was a commitment today. I'm not going to say who it is, but I can tell you there's a commitment Ooh. today, and there's not going to be that secret thing. We are, and I'll get to this in a minute, but it's just I don't expect, I expect retweets of videos and things like that. Uh, I don't expect Brent Brennan to be like, I need to be so, like, I am the face of Tucson, Right. And Tommy Lloyd is similar in basketball. Tommy Lloyd doesn't tweet. He doesn't have a Twitter account. Like, there's a lot of successful coaches. Like, Jim Harbaugh wasn't, you know, he won a national title. And you look at his Twitter, and he wasn't tweeting every single day. You know what Jim Harbaugh's last tweet was, Shelby? Hmm. September 15th, 2020. Yeah. He's like, so busy. It's your assistants might do it, but it's not abnormal for a successful head coach to to not tweet like they're not right it's it and and, and i i just think that you know and, and i know like people are going to be like oh you know you whatever like arizona's different than those programs and all that it's just it's not how it works like these guys if Brent brennan and, and at the end of the day is there value in tweeting about a commitment beyond the fan base getting a little excited Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get excited, but you're going to get just as excited now as you will on Wednesday when he actually announces the player. It's kind of ex- more exciting, actually. I will say one thing. Like, Dwayne Aquina recently learned Twitter, or, like, he had a but he's re- been quiet lately resurgence, too. as it were. He very strategically tweets when he wants to. I think that we've all been trained over the last three years, and I, I think Rich Rod was actually fairly savvy, too, but not to the probably Jed Fish's level, but Jed Fish is a marketing guy. He's a snake oil salesman. 
he knows what to say and when to say it and how to say it. And he's a lot more involved. Like, you know, his media department lets him have more reins and he's able to tweet on his own. It's like a celebrity who doesn't have a PR person doing their Twitter. Like, I think that Jed was actually signed into his Twitter on his phone. We have to let go of that expectation because this is a whole new era. And I will say this, like Crowley tweeted like a madman at Western Michigan, like would retweet offers, commitments, would give hints. If guys went on the road, he would have a graphic. He could very much come in and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I'm going to be that guy. Like when Danny Gonzalez was on the road, he had a graphic for him. So Crowley could be like, okay, guys, we need a graphic whenever our coaches hit the road. When there's a commitment, I'll tweet it if Brandon doesn't want to. Like if there's an offer and like uh, Oglesby, Oglesby is retweeting offers. Like he, he, you know, he offered a, a four-star guy the other day. And if you look on his Twitter, Marcus Garcia, he's retweeting it. And like, I'm sure if that kid committed, he'd retweet that too. It's just a matter of people have different approaches. And well, I obviously from my perspective and my job, I freaking love it when coaches tweet and all that. But shit, I love it more when they win. Like yeah. I wasn't, I didn't love Jed Fish more because he tweeted. I like Jed Fish because he made the Alamo Bowl. If you went three and nine and you tweeted, who really cares about your tweets? They're stupid. Yeah. So I, I, I think that dancing cactuses. I, I think overall, like, it's different and it takes time for people don't like change, but there's a change. Like I just don't see Brent Brandon being the guy that's gonna go nuts at every commitment and tweet the sun coming up, Jeff, and all that. It's just not him. Yeah, and that's okay. It's I think me. it's I just the it. um, the psychological immediacy of like getting that you know heads up is exciting, but also I think from all that you're saying, it sounds like everybody needs to be following some of these new coaches on the staff because you're probably going to get your fix from one of them. So just saying. Moving on, are you surprised by anything with recruiting so far? I'm a little surprised by how quiet it is. <laughs> like, but, but let freaking me freaking out a little. No, because show me knows like there are multiple silent commits. There are, and I did think that because he was a new coach, you would want to blow it up a little bit. And and I think we're gonna find out on Wednesday. Um, I'm not surprised because I think, you know, we we need and, and we've said this before, like, and we'll talk about this in a minute. The spring transfer portal changes everything. If there was no spring transfer portal. And Arizona was down 10 scholarships, right? You would see offers to dudes that really, in reality, aren't going to be good enough to play. But you need to fill the roster. Because of the spring transfer portal, you can go into the spring and have spring football a little shorthanded, give the walk-ons and other guys maybe a little bit more reps. Then you look at team, and Brendan has said this before, he did this at San Jose State. He said he kept four or five scholarships open. Because what you do is you go, man, we're just not that good at corner. Okay. Now I need a corner in the spring transfer portal. Strategic. Now I need a DE. And, you know, Matt Doherty, the, who is here with Jed, said it to me one of the first times, and we talked about it in the podcast, and I love Matt Doherty, said, tell Wildcat Authority not to judge this roster until August. Because it's just, that's how it is. Remember, and I say, I, I, I'm like a broken record, Taylor Upshaw didn't come to Arizona until the summer, yep. until May. Like May 27th or something, he committed. Very late. And that's only because Colorado fell through. And he so this roster that we're looking at, even after signing day, it's irrelevant to me. 
because we don't know, for all we know in the spring, guys on Arizona could leave. A guy could say, I don't like the snaps. I didn't like the way you had spring ball and leave. And then Arizona could go like, well, that's okay. We're planning on recruiting over you anyway. We're bringing this guy, this guy, and this guy in. There's guys, for instance, that I know that maybe went back in the portal from another team that I think will re-enter the portal in the spring because there's grade stuff or there's school stuff. So, um, you know, I, I just don't think that we can judge the roster overall. Um, there's nothing that has shocked me. Um, maybe, if anything, it's that Arizona has been a little more selective in the portal than I thought it would be because it's willing to wait in the spring. Meanwhile, there's other players that or teams that are just offering warm bodies. Like, people just have different things. But I like the fact that uh, Arizona is being a little more selective instead of offering dudes that it, you know. Willy-nilly, as it were. Yes, willy-nilly. Mm, or dilly-dilly. Dilly, I like dilly. Leave my dilly alone. Dilly-dilly. That sounded bad. Leave my dilly alone. <laughs> Leave my dilly alone, Shelby. Don't mock my dilly. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, as we have said multiple times, signing day is Wednesday. What are some names to watch out for? Well, right away, uh, the first visit weekend, we had the defensive end from San Jose State, Trey Smith, and the running back, Quali Conley. Neither of them announced. Uh, you know, they're waiting for Wednesday. Conley told me that on Wednesday he'll announce his school choice. I would hint, 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 pay very close attention to that school choice when he announces on Wednesday. Ooh. Uh, Ryan Stewart, an offensive lineman from San Jose State, was on campus this past weekend. That visit went pretty well from what I understand. Uh, I would keep an eye on that one. There's another school involved, but Arizona's probably doing well. Um, but again, there is there is one other school involved there. Uh, Ja'Cory Merritt, the New Mexico running back, could announce on Wednesday. He hasn't got them back to me. It's between Washington and Arizona, believe it or not. The first head-to-head battle, it would be kind of funny if he came to Arizona. Um, John O'Price, not John, Jono. John O. John O. I would... Be very surprised if he didn't wind up in Arizona, but he's announcing on Wednesday. Um, his teammate as well, uh, whose name escapes me at the top of my head, is announcing on uh, Wednesday. Cyrus Durham, sorry. He's announcing on Wednesday, defensive end. So there's multiple players announcing on Wednesday, but my guess is you're not going to hear about it. Like I, Again, I can tell you there's silent commits. Uh, I just hinted at some of them, but... If you're committed, like, it's weird to announce today. You might as well just wait till Wednesday. Yeah. Like, it, I, I would even say that if there's guys probably throughout the country that are calling coaches to commit today, and they're like, you know what, let's just blow it up Wednesday. Shit, throw some house on the table and choose that way. That's cool for us. Aw. So, we'll see. That's cool. We'll see how it plays out. Also gives the graphic guys some more time to get their their ducks in a row. And I mean, we don't know. Like, Crowley was official today, right? He may be like, you know what? There's a guy I really liked that we couldn't have landed at Western Michigan. Maybe we should offer him and see if he'll commit without visiting. Or, you know, there, there's there's always room for surprises with a new staff. There's, I'm there's not saying always... there will be. It'll be a surprise to me, too. Backroom wheeling and dealing. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, it, it wouldn't be a surprise if there's a surprise. Okay. So. Um... After signing day, what do you think the goal would be for the coaching staff? Yeah, we kind of just said it. But you yeah. like you look at the roster, you address your needs and all that. You figure out, you know, I could tell you that, you know, let's say Arizona lands two running backs. They're done with the running back. If they land one more, maybe they want to land one more. Uh, you know, and then keep in mind, too, that I think it's a week from today. Uh, 
the portal opportunity closes for Arizona. So, like, we could be any day now. Is Dakario Davis coming back to Arizona? Because that changes anything. If he doesn't, you need a corner in a very bad way. Right. That is your top priority in the portal is you need to land a very legitimate corner. Um, Price off left. Arizona actually has some back to the corner, but they like Price, so they go and offer Price, who they like at San Jose State. Um, you know, and then you look, you say, okay, you know, do we need another linebacker? Probably. Yeah. So we're going to go. So I think, I think you add a corner, multiple corners, a linebacker, defensive end. They add a, you know, let's say they add Cyrus Durham. You probably want to add another one. I don't get the vibe that they're going to want another offensive lineman, assuming they land Stewart. If they don't land Stewart, maybe they want one more. Um, I don't get the vibe. They need another wide receiver. I think most additions will be on the defensive side of the ball, probably at corner, linebacker, defensive line. Where we need it. Right. Right. Awesome. Okay. Well, we did it. Yay. Football update just in time before Jason stops thinking about football for a while, um, according to him. I never stop thinking about football. I say that, and I'm full of shit, because I'm telling you right now that in three days, I'm going to, like, Arizona's going to offer a bunch of 2025 guys here. Yep. And then that's, it's just one big cycle. It's just like a dual, it is, dueling banjo. There is no football days off anymore because of the portal. Like, you used to be able to, like, be like, you know what, I'm going to take a break, but... Yeah. My favorite is when we go out and we think it's quiet and then all of a sudden some kid commits out of the blue and usually Jason's had something pre-written or he has known about it, but sometimes there's occasions in well, the past had, where it's been had, a surprise. We've had times where a kid will be like, I'm committing at three and then he's couldn't wait and he commits at like 11 You just get excited. And I was like, dude, you just told me you were going to commit two hours for now. So That's how the cookie crumbles. Um, obviously we want to say thank you to our, our fans who purchased our mugs. We're sold out. That was, uh, very fast. So now we got to order some more and, um, you know, shout out to everyone who did that. We'll be kind of giving individual shout outs another day, but first one up is our friend, Phil, friend of the show, Phil. We happened to meet up with him tonight cause he lives near our house, but Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Enjoy your mug. And uh, we'll probably have some more merch. We're just toe dipping into the merch thing. And it's kind of fun. It's not really for, it's really just for you guys. And let us know if there's something you'd like to see with our logo on it. We can do that. Um, any other words, babe? There is one thing that we have to say, Shelby. There's an, we're obligated to say the thing. No matter who or what you are. You keep changing it. Whether you like Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> Singing in the Rain, or West Side Story. Or or The Sound of Music. No matter if you like when your coach puts up a picture Of Singing not, in the Rain or ca- a Dancing Cactus. Whatever it may be, Shelby, you must. Always. Always. Bear down. Bear down. (laughs) I'm singing in the rain. Just singing in the rain. Missy Elliott had a way better rain song. I can't stand the rain. That is a good one. Against my window. I can't stand the rain. You sound remarkably like her, too. 